Hey, 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 Erica here. In today's episode, we are looking into all things self-care. Do you know about the value or importance of self-care? Self-care motivates you to maintain a healthy relationship with yourself so that you have the health and energy to be good to others too. You cannot give to others if you do not have to give anything yourself. Self-care is not selfish, but necessary. Take a look around. Psychology is all around us, and it is present in everything that we do. What do you think it says when you take care of yourself and when you nurture yourself? What does it say to yourself and what does it say to others? First, let's begin with the psychology of nurturing yourself. There are many reasons behind why we should aim to practice self-care. For example, often we'll hear that we are deserving of this or deserving of that, but What does it mean to feel you're deserving of something? Well, ultimately, it means you think highly of yourself. And because of that, which you bring to society, you are a deserving person. When you view yourself as a deserving person, it is as if you give permission to deserve good care from yourself. It means that you accept yourself unconditionally, knowing that there is always room for improvement, but you love yourself enough to think about yourself as a deserving individual. The other side is also true. If you lack self-care and start to take care of yourself right now, you will start to feel more deserving. It is usually when one feels unworthy that you do not think you are a deserving person of any sort of good care. Is it fair, you ask? If you value yourself enough as worthy to be taken care of, you will think it is fair to be taken care of, and you will then allow yourself to practice self-care. Do you realize that we do not often think about what is fair towards us and what is not? If you can change your mindset to it being fair that you are taken care of, you will become more motivated to practice self-care. Here's a think tank. I'd like you to ask yourself the following questions right now. Is it fair for me to take care of myself? Is it fair that I feel more rested, relaxed, and at peace? Is it fair to feel happier and more fulfilled? Is it fair for me to build my resilience skills? Here's the thing about the old brain. At the back of your head, 
just above your neck is the part of your brain called the old brain or the reptilian brain. This is where all your core beliefs lie, how you evaluate yourself and what you allow yourself to think or feel. The old brain is there to protect us from harm. And sometimes this part of our brain tricks us into believing things that are not true. A classic example is that the old brain may tell you that you should cancel your massage you received as a birthday gift because you have too much work to do. Hence, you go ahead and cancel the massage, which was part of your planned self-care routine because your old brain thought to protect you from losing your job. However, if you thought about it clearly, you would have seen that you will still get your work done, even if you do take an hour off to go for that long-awaited massage. The old brain also helps us decide what is fair for us to deserve or receive and what is not. Therapists often work with the old brain to rewire our neural pathways, to foster more healthy thoughts towards ourselves. When you practice self-care, or if self-care is a priority of yours, it means that you value yourself enough to be taken care of by yourself. What is the psychology behind valuing yourself? What does it mean to value yourself? Think about a friend or family member you value greatly. Then think about yourself in the same way. If you practice self-care, it means that you think you are a person of value who is deserving of care and specifically self-care. When you value yourself, it means that you think that you have a special place in this world and that you have special attributes that are of value to the people around you and that you bring something special to the world around you. If you want to continue being an asset to the world, taking good care of yourself is vitally important. Another reason to practice self-care is that you take yourself seriously. What does it mean to take yourself seriously? And what does it have to do with self-care? When you take care of yourself, it means that you take yourself seriously. You know your worth your value, that you are deserving, and that it is fair to be taken care of because of your value to society. Therefore, you take yourself seriously and know that self-care is important. When you take yourself seriously, you know that you've been put on earth to fulfill several roles, and you also take those roles seriously, and therefore, you take the responsibility to take care of yourself. A person who does not take themselves seriously will not think they are valuable, worthy, or deserving, mostly because this person will live a life that is not aiming at something, perhaps living without any goals and perhaps having a low self-esteem. If you feel like you do not take yourself seriously, 
try and determine why that is. Is it just because life passes by so fast and you are just surviving? Or do you have some serious issues to address to start living life optimally and to start thriving? If you do not take care of yourself, and if you do not take yourself seriously, your self-care will suffer. Self-care allows you to take responsibility because you take yourself seriously, thereby valuing yourself as a worthy and deserving human being. You take responsibility for caring for yourself. Have you ever thought of your actions? Why do we do good things? Because we think it is an act of responsibility to do good things. It is thus a concrete decision for you to make, to take up the responsibility to take care of yourself. No one can take care of you in the way that you can. You know yourself the best, and therefore, caring for you should start with you. You are taking responsibility for yourself and your well-being. If you are fully taken care of, you can become more to someone else and the world around you, making a positive impact wherever you go. You may possibly even be changing lives and you guessed right. You will become even more resilient because you are responsible. Now, let's move on to some of the building blocks to nurturing yourself, shall we? In this episode, we'll be covering just one. The gap between rest and exhaustion. The space between breathing freely and suffocating. It is also the space that exists between us and our limits. It is like a reserve that is held for unanticipated situations, says Richard Swenson. One of the major building blocks to nurturing the self is seeking simplicity. The definition of simplicity is twofold. Oxford languages define simplicity either as the quality or condition of being easy to understand or do, two, the quality or condition of being plain or uncomplicated in form or design. What do you think the word simplicity holds for us as humans and why is it important to seek simplicity? Simplicity is important to declutter our minds, lives, and living spaces. It is important to help us define clear goals. It is further necessary for predictability and routine. And it is necessary to find peace or to get to a state of peace. So how does one reach a state of simplicity? Start by setting goals. To simplify your life, clear goals are necessary. And with clear goals, you will start aiming to simplify your life. List a few goals, at least two that you would really like to achieve. It is always good to have a goal or goals to work towards. Otherwise, life can start feeling aimless or meaningless 
and you will have less motivation to do things when you do not have goals. Hence, step number one is to set your goals. Some examples of goals might be many people want to lose some weight. They want to get into shape. They want a better job. They want better quality relationships. They want to become more spiritual. They want to travel more. They want to be better disciplined. They want to get to know themselves better. So go ahead and do this exercise, listing your top two or more goals, and then we will work towards seeking simplicity. After the exercise is completed, ask yourself the following questions. Identify what you are willing to take on to reach your goals. Identify what you are willing to let go of to reach your goals. Think of a goal, for example, to get into shape or lose some weight. One will have to do more exercise and relook one's eating habits, and you will have to let go of junk food, for example. If your goal is to get a better job, you need to evaluate what you will need to take on to get a better job. Is there some additional experience you can gain in your current job that will prepare you well for another job? Do you perhaps have to take some courses to distinguish your CV from others on the market? And what would you have to let go of? Maybe you should stop dreaming about a new job and just do something about it. Take that first step and decide what needs to be done to move into that direction. Consider your activities. Think about what you busy yourself with in terms of activities. Take a look at what you spend your time on. Identify activities that consume too much of your time when they are not necessarily important to you and do more of what is important to you. In this case, think of it as less is more. Do less of what you do not enjoy and do more of what you do enjoy and that which enriches you. Reevaluate your relationships. If you take a moment to think about all the different relationships you have in your life, you will be astonished. Think about the relationships that take up most of your time and evaluate them in terms of them either having a positive or negative effect on you. Do some of them perhaps drag you down? And are there some relationships that really enhance your life and your well-being? Why do you think I'm asking you to think about your relationships right now? Well, it is because negative relationships in which you are criticized, being drained or put down, break down your self-esteem. And this makes you question yourself. And in turn, it weakens you, your resilience, and your ability to progress in life. Remember, 
Positive relationships enhance us. What are you doing when you think about your relationships? And what do you do when you find that some of them are not good for you or your well-being? Perhaps you have a friend that constantly complains about her boyfriend who treats her badly and she never changes things with him. Do you think you can scale down on that friendship just a little? Remember, friendships can enhance your life or they can leave you feeling negative or drained of energy. What do you do with negative friendships or relationships? Carefully let go of relationships that are toxic and not enriching to your life. Remember that people are influencers. And if you have bad influencers in your life, your life becomes filled with negativity, conflict, and self-doubt. And most importantly, spend time with people who enhance your life. Those who do not compete with you and who want what's best for you. Consider possessions that do not enhance your life. Have you ever heard about hoarding? It is a psychological disorder where people keep belongings for very long and they even go on to collect more belongings so that these objects fill their living spaces so much that they cannot be functional in their own homes. Can you see how possessions can easily clutter our lives and make life complicated? Not simple and not content? Consider possessions that may hold you back and do the following. On a regular basis, it's important to throw out possessions that do not enhance your life. These things take up space. They require maintenance and they do not aid you with decisions. They just clutter your mind. What I'm therefore telling you is to declutter your home. How wonderful will it be to know where to find anything in your home at any time because every little thing has its unique spot and place. And you can lay your hands on it anytime without having to spend time searching for it. When your space is decluttered, your mind becomes cluttered and you have more reserves left in you. Next, learn to delegate. Do not try to be everything to everyone and do everything for everyone. Are you one of those people who are scared to let go of control? That is perhaps because you know when you do the job, the job is well done. Remember, that if you are part of a team, it is your responsibility to let every team member do their work. And if you can delegate work to someone who is capable, it can greatly enhance your life. So what must you do in terms of simplifying your life that has something to do with delegating? If there is some task or any task that you can delegate, do it. Do not spend your time on things that you do not necessarily have to spend your time on. This way, 
it'll free up some space in your days for those things you need to take care on and to reach your goals. And in turn, you will feel your life is so much simpler with only the necessary tasks and your goals to accomplish. Next on our list of working towards simplicity is to get some order in your life. Have you ever heard yourself say, remind me to do this or to do that? Do you have some clothes you've been wanting to throw out? Does your garage need a bit of a cleanup? Or do you have a leaking tap at home? These are all petty annoyances that keep our brains occupied. And it is no surprise that our brains get so overflooded with information that we feel burnt out. Here are some solutions. Make a short to-do list of what needs to be done every week, from groceries to medicine to banking. Make a list so that your brain does not have to hold on to it. This will free up some brain space. Get rid of petty annoyances, things that are irritating to you. Give yourself a month to fix it or to throw it out or to clean it. Whatever it is, get rid of small irritations, whatever they may be. When you do this, make sure to evaluate what is petty and what is not petty. It is petty when you would like for it to be done but it is not really necessary. Petty annoyances are like extra baggage we drag around each day, weighing us down, making it harder for us to reach our goals and destinations. Take an hour or a day and write down everything that annoys you in your house, job, relationships, and so forth. Once you start writing, you will be surprised at how much baggage you lag around every day. And if lifted off your shoulders, you will be lighter and life will be much simpler. On today's episode, we will end with this. Move on from your past. I want to encourage you to do your best to move on from your past. Past failures, past hurts, fears, whatever it is. If your past holds very heavy and traumatic experiences, it could be useful for you to seek out some therapy or hire a life coach like myself to help you be able to let go of the past. Once that is done, you can look to the future and your goals and move towards it moving forward without the baggage of the past. On the second part of this self-care series, we will look at the importance of cultivating contentment or gratitude and how this helps us make peace with ourselves, where we're at and where we're headed. We will also explore the necessity of balance in our lives how to incorporate it, and when to know when we are out of balance. And lastly, we will review some of the benefits of rest and how to restore rest into our lives 
in order to cultivate the strength needed to proceed with our journey of personal growth. I hope you've enjoyed part one of the self-care series and that it helped answer some of your questions on how to nurture yourself. I'll catch you on the next episode. Until later.